Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this bonus episode uh, of the Rangers Review. I was going to say morning briefing, but it's the afternoon briefing. It's a morning briefing where Ali is, I'm delighted to say, we're joined by Ali being across the pond over there in the good old US of A. How are we doing, Ali? I'm good, thanks, mate. We're just saying off air there, I had a nice little uh, sojourn at the Charlotte 485 this morning, which is nice. But uh, yeah, that mate can't complain. Oh, good. Yeah, what's it? What's the weather like over there at the moment, Ali? It's terrible, mate. Honestly, the weather's awful. As I look outside here, was <laughs> it being uh, nearly nearly thirty degrees today um, Celsius? So climbing up there, Fahrenheit. So yeah, shorts and t-shirt weather, unfortunately. Yeah, holy moly! Wow, it's certainly, <laughs> uh, certainly bright over here in uh, Warrington, but not that, not anywhere near those sort of temperatures. But folks are, are tuning in because they want to hear all things at Rangers. Of course, huge game coming up on Sunday, Ali. Um, we'll touch on it in great detail. I'll get you, you, your thoughts on what you think the team's going to be. Um, we've also had the uh, press conferences of Michael Beale. Uh, and uh, a number of the Rangers players, of course, we heard from Borna Barisic yesterday, Fashion Sakala. That interview is out now, folks. You can see uh, that on our website. There's a long read piece, actually. It's, it's well worth checking out where he talks about his uh, village in Zambia watching Rangers TV. Um, but Ali, I want to get your point. that He's, he's commenting that the, uh, is certainly doing the rounds as uh, calling Celtic the other mob. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's your feeling towards that? Yeah, God love him. That's uh, I bet you all the boys are absolutely delighted for that one in the dressing room. Have, uh, I'm sure Mr. Uh, I could think Mr. McGregor, one of those type of, you know, one of those boys, one of the senior boys have put him up to be Jacko. But no, it was um it was it was good. I mean, uh, he's a great um you know, he's a good lad, obviously, right? And I think it's good in those press environments to get him up there speaking as well, just because he's something a bit different, does they usually give you the sort of stock answers and the, the sort of closed nature that maybe a maybe a tavernier or something more experienced gives you, but um, but no, that gave me a chuckle for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about uh, well, firstly, Michael, we've not had you on for a few weeks, Ali. What have you made to Rangers uh, in recent weeks? Of course, still unbeaten under the the, the new boss. Uh, it's uh, thirteen wins and a draw. What have you made of both the results and uh, the performances as well? I think well. well we're getting there in terms of, you know, you can clearly see now what the staff have tried to implement in their time here. Obviously, we've had a, a decent sample size now to see, um, I guess, from a sort of technical perspective, that's how you're looking at it, that things are progressing. There's things now during the, the games that are becoming commonplace. Players are starting to find rhythms, consistency, the way we build the game, the way we attack, the way we defend. But ultimately, mate, on the, on the other side of that, I guess the more sort of fan side of it is that he's getting the business done, right? He's winning football matches, and and I think that's that's always the the sort of trade off, right? Is that when you start going into the the breakdown of the game and starting to look at how the, the matches are played, I think you can always find fault, and certainly you can always find positives. Where it's really hard to split hairs is if the team isn't winning, um, and I think that's been the, I guess the. The most pleasing part to his, his time in the job is that he's, like I say, he's getting the three points most weeks, and that's that's what the team needed, right? It needed, it needed that run, it needed that confidence, and hopefully it will give us a give us a wee platform to move forward with. 
Yeah, lots of comments coming in. Good to see uh, my dad tuning in. Uh, he says, uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Good to see <laughs> tuning in on this uh, Thursday afternoon. Uh, certainly the, oh, the battle fever on, uh, Ali, for, for you. I mean, it's a huge game on Sunday, the first chance for, for silverware this season. Um, Rangers go in and find Fettel, but so do Celtic, of course. Um, how do you see it panning out? Yeah, listen, in terms of form, it's, it's obviously really hard, right? You know, we're... We're both coming up against, uh, or sorry, both teams rather have been on a run of teams. That I guess you you sort of fancy them to beat. There's obviously no European games in there that maybe would upset a rhythm, right? This maybe happened in the past. Obviously, this competition doesn't typically happen this late in the year as well. So there's obviously that dynamic too. So I, I think the um, the form uh, piece is interesting. Obviously, I. You know, I'm sure like most of the, the folk listening to this don't watch Celtic on a weekly basis. You just see the results. So when you just see the results and you just see those numbers, it's hard sometimes to sort of decipher where their problems are, right? And because we know intimately where ours are and where our weaknesses could be because obviously we watch so much of the game. So I think there's an anxiety that you naturally uh, pick up as a supporter from, from your side. But I think that conversely as well, you know, we've, we've, we see a lot in sport especially teams that have went on these winning runs as Celtic have over, you know, let's say probably the last decade. At some point it has to end, right? It's it's not, you know, infinitum here. You know, there, there is going to be a point where this breaks down, whether it's a player leaves, whether it's the manager doesn't quite, um, you know, get the connections right with his team. So I think a, a victory for Rangers at the weekend could potentially destabilise that because they've not really encountered a massive body blow. I mean, obviously last year, in the cup, um, you know, going out in the semi-final, I'm sure would have, you know, bloodied their nose, but certainly they were going on to win the league, right? So they had that sort of confidence knowing that that was already in the bag. I think this year, the fact that we gave them such a good game at Irox, I, th- I think will, will make them a little bit more wary of, of Rangers than perhaps they were earlier in the season. Um, like I think, mate, it's, it's, it's all about Rangers now. It's all about what... what Rangers doing these situations, how they react. They can only beat the team that's in front of them with the team that they have, which obviously I'm sure we'll get into today. Uh, and I guess that's the biggest challenge right now is do we have our best 11 out consistently? Probably the answer is no. So that's a good thing, right? We've got we've got places to go with the team in, in areas we can find. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, in terms of that team, uh, Alan, going into Sunday, I mean, Michael Beale uh, uh, was put up for the press uh, on Tuesday, which was rather early. He was alongside his opposite number, Ange Postecoglou. Before we talk, touch on what, what, what he said in that press conference, what did you make of that photo that was doing the rounds of yeah. him? Sat next to his, the Celtic <laughs> manager. Uh, I can't see that catching on the joint press conferences, oh, Alan Boxing style, can you? Do you know what the the mix zones in America, the MLS, typically have that, and it's wow. brutal. Um, and they've stopped doing it at the table. I think Germany they still do it, where they both sit together, or they used to anyway. The Bundesliga, MLS used to do a sort of mix zone where players would be stood, and it was yeah. It, it, I'll be honest, it wasn't the best. Regardless, yeah. a lot of press conferences here sort of go over people's heads at the best times. But you know, seeing that picture was interesting. I always, I always find it funny though with somebody is. Um, as high level a coach as obviously Posta Coglu is, right? Clearly an experienced coach as well. Um, oh, sorry. But at the same time, it's his body language. He's always so sort of dour and He's such a weird 
because it can't be like that on a daily basis. Players don't want to yeah. run for you if you like that on a daily basis. So mm. that sort of transition is um, is, a, is a weird one. And seeing, seeing him sat next to Beal, who's the, the complete opposite of that, usually he's the sort of life and soul of the the uh, the party when it comes to press. It was uh, it was an interesting little juxtaposition. But yeah, yeah, certainly not for that moving forward, having two guys try and kiss each other about you know how great the other team is that they played. So I'm not having that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Stuart raises a point Ali says uh, dog makes a good point uh, yeah. <laughs> probably better ones I'm making by the way jeez unbelievable and, uh, Scott says uh, who let the dogs out uh, an interesting point is Bill you're from Curry Muncher Ali uh, pretty sure Ali has been in my wardrobe 100% that is my shirt um, so <laughs> the same shirt as you Top quality comments coming in here uh, in, in the description box. Um, let's touch on what, what came out from that press conference then. Uh, the, the big talking point is, of course, the injuries. Uh, at Livingston at the weekend, a number of notable players absent from the squad, namely Ryan Jack, John Lundstrom and Malik Tillman. He uh, said on Tuesday uh, they hadn't trained with the squad as yet. Now, bearing in mind it was so early in the week, I don't think we should be too much into that. How big uh, will those players be, Ali, just to be available for, for Michael Beale come Sunday? Um, for me, the big one is Malik Tillman. You, you want him starting the game. Um, he's a match winner. I think he's been in sensational form uh, since Michael Beale arrived. Um, but certainly having those three players back fit and firing would be a big boost. Oh, for sure. I mean, you obviously, you, you, you want... You want the players that you feel are going to give you the best chance to win a game, but at the same yeah. time, in Jack's case and obviously Lundstrom's case as well, potentially, the, the guys that's going to help you protect the defence, is going to help you prevent the other team from winning. Just on the training piece, and, and I think that's an interesting one, again, the sort of psychology of um, you know the press conference here. It's like saying, yes, we are interested in our player. Right, yeah. That might not go anywhere. In the same way that I'm saying the players haven't trained. Well, that's yeah, that's probably true, obviously, at that time of the week. Friday and Saturday is the big test. If they train on those two days, then they've got a chance. I think in the good old days of football, just play them in a weekend, take the week off, sun, we'll see Sunday, you know, type thing. I don't think that's necessarily the case now, given obviously how they train and how meticulous they are and they're planning. So they'd want them at the absolute bare minimum to play on a Saturday. But I think the bigger question there is you need to ask is, how does that look inside the squad? If you're, you know, if we've got someone that's so inordinately important to our team, right, that they absolutely have to play on a weekend, then, you know, is that the type of squad you want in the first place? And I don't think we have that player, by the way. I don't think we have that type of guy that we need to absolutely, um, you know, drop everyone else to ensure he plays even with one leg. For as good as Tillman is, for as good as Roof is, for, you know, good as these attackers are, I think we've definitely got options there. I think it's when you start getting into the, well, this guy can only last an hour, and this guy could probably come on for a bit, and it becomes a bit patchwork. That's where your planning and your preparation really becomes hard because mm. you don't always have the game's going to be like. You could be 2-0 up after 10 minutes, you could be 2 down after 10 minutes. You, everyone goes out the window and you've got to rethink it. So I guess that's the tough part that, that Bill and his staff will be having right now in terms of the fitness is who can give me an hour and what does that hour look like? What's our strategy going to be? And then the last 30 minutes, who can who can we bring on? Who can we get there to change the game? And then obviously you've got the factor of, of extra time as well. Yeah, 
Yeah, that may go all the way uh, as the, the Scottish Cup semi-final did. Uh, of course, at Rangers winning in extra time. Uh, lots of comments coming in. <laughs> this one from Simple Simon had a pile of this username. I thought my PC was done for the week, but new graphics card arrived today. Doom is helping me survive the nerves for Sunday. What a game that was back in the day. Enjoyed a, a nine floppy discs. Yeah, oh, those were the days. <laughs> and, and he and he follows on with, "I need a crate, and but not sure what to get. I'd imagine you're meaning beer for the." the final uh buddy uh if you have to choose a crate ali any specific uh water for me Derek. Like? water yeah. constant professional I'm, yeah. I'm not touching alcohol stuff yeah. that's not for it <laughs> yeah so uh yeah uh let us know in the comments uh, what a uh, simple simon had a pie should be looking to get in uh to uh, refresh him while watching the game and uh, ali that's um but Kima Roof is another interesting point. Uh, it emerged that he picked up a knock uh, after the weekend game. It would just be just our, our luck that he's missing for this one. Whenever, when you came back, uh, his story of his Rangers career has been one of frustration and, and uh, injuries plaguing his time at Ibrooks. He simply hasn't played enough. Uh, when he has played, he's looked sharp uh, and he's looked real quality up the top of the pitch. Uh, he scored, of course, at the weekend. It's important Rangers have him available on Sunday, is it not? It is. He's a terrific footballer, real threat. Opposition will be worried about him, for sure. I think his performances and his goals, um, when he does play, obviously suggest that. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. We were, we were chatting the other day. When I look back at this last year, right? So if I think back to this time last year when... I was wondering about this time, I think, when Morelos got his bad injury, maybe a little bit later. I, I feel like he's always he's been in this sort of permanent state of either injured, coming back from injury, or has picked up a knock and therefore can't play the 90 minutes. I don't know if we've ever had a striker as good as this that's played so little. So I sometimes there I'm, I'm worried that I'm, I'm creating this idea, this illusion of who it is that's actually coming on. But at the same time, the goals dictate, right? The goals dictate and the performances dictate that when he comes on, he's a threat. I think it's important to have someone you can bring off the bench. I think it's important that the the forwards know that they can really get after it and press the game, try and stretch the opposition, know that he can come on and then help them. I guess my biggest frustration is, and it certainly must be for the staff, is that what's this lad doing? You know, like how how is he picking up so many knocks? You know, are we beating him up in the dressing room after the game or something? I don't know what's going on, but we uh, we certainly need to to maybe change tack with him, or certainly he needs to maybe alter his, his training regimen. To um to maybe sort of back end the week and take a couple of days off at the start because this this constant picking up a knock thing is um yeah it's getting yeah. frustrating yeah 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 not half um what have you made of the the new signings Ali I mean uh, Todd Cantwell we've seen a fair bit of him now uh, and Nico Raskin certainly looks like he's been playing in that Rangers midfield for years uh, just turns twenty two years of age today so happy birthday Nico many happy returns um he's an autumn he's one of the first names in the team sheet for me on Sunday what what have you made of, made of him uh, and Todd since they, they arrived in in January well I think Raskin's definitely got most of the billing right he's got most of the um the press, he's got most of the hype um, because I think he plays in a position that we certainly lacked or certainly we lack creativity in. So we, we have probably been a bit more of an outcry for uh, for his signing and obviously seeing him play and see how he's developing. So I think he's made a terrific start, really smart football. And again, that's easy to say when you're a technical player. But what I mean by that is, is where he picks up positions. Um, at the weekend, there was a little adjustment that Livingston had made where... 
basically they sort of flattened out the midfield line and he just moved up five yards. And that five yards in football is huge because now he's able to switch the field a wee bit better. He's now able to um, link with the strikers a little bit more, whereas I think early in the game he's perhaps sitting a little bit deeper and tried to connect maybe too much with the back line, maybe try and play too much if you like. Cantwell, I think, is, is certainly been under the radar because there's there's not been any, you know, massive goals or, you know, huge incidents he's been involved in. But he's just a terrific player. You can see his ability at the weekend, the way he's rolling players. Yeah. It's almost like a sort of indoor, you know, futsal skills player, the way he rolls people. And certainly on the on the turf, you know, he, he looked the part at the weekend. So yeah. my concern more for Cantwell is in these games, <clears throat> does he have that physical presence and not the sort of old-fashioned Scottish kind of getting two foot someday, but just the physicality of running and duels and head challenges and all those things, those, those ugly side of football that sometimes a midfielder, um, you know, you're, you're severely challenged in. And then if we play him in the front three, for example, does that then negate the pace of a Sakala? You know, maybe too many footballers. I think we saw that um, against Thistle when he played on the right and, Kent off the left is just there's too many people coming at the ball. There's just not enough people running behind, and I guess that's that's the big thing for Cantwell now is can, can he get that in his game, right? Can he develop as a footballer to run beyond the ball rather than just receive it all the time and, and play those little intricate passes? But yeah, um, moving forward, mate, you have to see this is two quality signings, and if you know probably the last two or three windows, you've got to say that these are these are you know way better than we've brought in before. Yeah, right. There's so many comments coming in. Let's get to a few of them. Uh, first one, Ian Thompson says, a good assessment on Nico, but it's early days. Uh, let's not uh, jinx <laughs> sure. it. And, and Jay Bestow says, uh, brilliant live. Where can we find you, Ali? Analysis is spot on. Uh, if people well, want to thanks, find Jay. more about the work you do, Ali, where, where, can, <laughs> where can they find you? Good lad. If he's if he's looking to hire me as well, I'm, I'm available if you like to. Uh, so on Twitter, uh, at just at Ali Bain. Um, you can find me on there. I also do a, a little website called Retro Football Analysis where I look back at um, games from the past. I've got a series about Rangers on there, a series about England, a series about uh, Blackburn Rovers, Man United, loads of different things to the 90s. So, yeah, if they want to go check that out, they can. Yeah, I'd very much urge you to do so, folks. Um, interesting point here from uh, William. It says, I think Cant will be, well, Cantwell will be on the bench for Sunday. Thoughts? Um, let's touch on, the, on, on our team, Ali. Um, I think that right-hand side is uh, up for... Up for grabs, you could say. I mean, Fashion Sakala, we, we did uh, mention. Uh, I think he's uh, many supporters uh, picked to start over on that right-hand side. Uh, Todd Cantwell uh, is maybe in with a shout also, perhaps. Um, also thinking if Kamal Roof is fit, it maybe gives Michael Beale a bit of a selection headache. Um, would you start Cantwell on, on Sunday, or is he more of a come-off-the-bench and impact-the-game player? I think the latter. I think if you look at how we defended uh, in the game against Ibrox, and this goes back to how Gerard even defended against them, would be it almost dropped into like a 4 4 2 at times where Kent would go forward and press on Morelis. So that's your, your left and right. The right side, so Sakala would drop back in, typically as a, a old fashioned right winger. And then the other three midfielders would basically fan out across the field. So it would likely be in the last game, it was Kamara would shuffle over to the left. Um, and then obviously whoever the two central midfielders were, I think it was, was it Lundstrom and, and Tillman maybe that picked up the two central players. So again, may, maybe that's something we'll see again. Um, at the same time, you think back to 
how they defended against Porto all those, you know, all those seasons ago. Yeah. We've saw them defend at Parkhead in that way, where it's a sort of nice, tight, narrow 4-3-3 with the, the striker dropping in. It's a front line of three, midfield line of three, all flat, you know, so you could maybe um, you know get Cantwell into those positions if you're just blocking the middle of the field. I guess whenever you're defending against Celtic, the tough part is, is how you defend in wide areas. So they've got Overlapping yeah. fullbacks, underlapping fullbacks, midfielders running, wingers dribbling. So, how do you pick up those three is important. And if we don't have three guys on the outside that can all, you know, again, like I said earlier, make aerial duels, make tackles, press the ball, win challenges, track runners, then we're going to be struggling. So, you, you're going to need yeah. people that can consistently do that for, um, you know, it's certainly for an hour. That's usually when, you know, Celtic typically burn out because they've got the game won at that point. So, if we can. If we can be in front after an hour, then we give ourselves a big chance. Yeah. What do you make of these points coming in about uh, Sakala? Um, uh, Aldo says uh, Sakala all day he was our best player in, in the last uh, old firm. Would you be inclined to start them, Ali? I think I would be because, again, I agree with the pace and I agree in transition. I think you can hurt them given the amount of space. I think we also have to remember, though, the circumstances and obviously that second half with Taylor going off in the first and, and obviously yeah. Ranovic going on and having a nightmare. So you've got to figure they'll be more prepared this time, right? They'll they'll probably um, prepare a wee bit better. Taylor's not a bad defender. He's got a lot of pace, right? I, I'm not sure if he's been playing recently, so we'll need to see if he obviously starts. But I think the the bigger challenge whenever Sakala's in this game is when we're building up and he's not really involved. So you're only really building up with nine players. Can we afford to sort of leave the right side of the field just to allow, allow him to run, I'm not so sure. You know, that, that's that's the that's the challenge. How do you involve him and build up without him coming to the ball and not able to use his pace in behind? Yeah, you touched on Celtic going out wide. Um, I asked Joshua this earlier about uh, Borna. Of course, he was up for the press uh, yesterday. Um, uh, there is a bit of scar tissue, I think, for some supporters with performances against Celtic uh, down the years. Curry Muncher says, uh, my only worry is Tav and Borna, central midfield solid, but on the wings, both are poor at defending. Is that a concern for you, Ali, with uh, how Celtic play, the, the two fullbacks? It's a concern as much as the, the last couple of games. So again, prior to Beal, they, ha they haven't played well. Right now, there's there's reasons for that. You know, for example, we think back to the first game of the season and we've got Tillman as a right winger. Well, you basically don't have any coverage. You go back to the game last year, you had Diallo in front of Tavernier, but no coverage. So you're asking Tavernier to basically defend two players yeah. and the added movement of a midfielder. So if you've got, again, let's say, a, you know, a Cantwell at right central midfield and the runner goes off, Hattati runs off him, for example, and now you're... <clears throat> you're asking Tavernier to defend too many things. I'm not so sure there's any defenders that could defend three people, right? Yeah. So I think there's there's certainly a, a, there are other instances, however. So Barisic, the um, sort of it seems a commonplace now that we lose a goal at the back post where a bad a few times has got off him and has scored back post goals. So I think there's there's definitely one v one, I guess, sort of defensive coverage, defensive duels, defensive actions that they can all improve on. But I think we need to go into this game at the weekend thinking about how we're going to protect the back line, not necessarily can the back line defend, because this this is going to be the back line, right? This is all we got. This is a yeah. team that plays. Um, so how can we help them? 
Yeah. Uh, on that then, uh, playing uh, devil's advocate here, if uh, Lundstrom and Jack are fit uh, and uh, ready to go, you've got Glenn Kamara in there. Uh, we're assuming Nico Raskin starts the game. Uh, who, do you, who do you start alongside him? Um, it's a good one. I think probably Kamara on the left side, like I said. I, I'd like to go with all, everyone being fit, probably Lundstrom in the middle. And uh, Rasker on the right of that three. I think that could be a, a pretty decent trio in there. Um, I guess the other part then, if you if you take Raskin out, sorry, if you put Raskin at the right side of the three, now you lose Tillman's ability to run forward from midfield. You lose that sort of natural movement where someone goes and plays as a ten. Um, I guess at the same time, you also need to you also need to look at the space in behind Celtic. It's going to be bigger than what we came up against. So that, in, in a sort of normal game, that's not necessarily the case against, you know, Motherwell at home or whatever, where everyone's dropping deep. So if the opposition squeeze up, now we maybe don't need to put another midfielder forward to link with because we've got three strikers and now we can start to play a few more balls in behind. So yeah. I um, I guess my, my sort of conservative way of managing football is always to be defensively solid. So I, I think I would always err on that side of things. Mm -hmm. uh, but I can certainly see an argument for um, almost keeping the status quo, Raskin as a holder, Kamara on the left, and, and again, keeping Tillman on the right-hand yeah. side. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And uh, <clears throat> of course, up top, I'm assuming you, you, um, you're starting Morelos. Uh, it's a big game for him, of course. He's... Uh, we know what he's capable of. Um, I think Michael Beale, like many of the players since he arrived back at the club, has got a tune out of him. Um, but he's got a big uh, task on Sunday, hasn't he? Him alongside, I'd imagine, it will be Kent. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be Sakala uh, up there uh, as well. We've seen the front three play ever so well. I think Tencastle was uh, the, the, the outlier, probably the, the bar that Rangers are looking to hit now um, from here on in. They, they have obviously failed to hit that bar in terms of performance levels. Um, they were outstanding that night at Tyne Castle. But if that, that is the front three, Ali, would, would you be anticipating a, a, maybe a change up top, Cholak or, or Roof if he's fit coming in there, or is it going to be Morelos for you? I, I think Morelos, and I think of all the lads' faults, of which there are, which there are many right now, let's be honest, he usually shows up in the big games. Yeah. Now, again, I'm sure there'll be loads of examples. People go, Ali, no, he didn't in this game, <laughs> right? But if we if we look at the sort of body quality of his, of his at Rangers career, he usually does the business in the big games. Now, one thing he hasn't done the business in is scoring, however, in these games. I think he's played well in all forum games. He's been a nuisance before. I think he's helped other people progress the ball up the field. But at the same time, I think... Again, if he is leaving, if this is the mood music that he's moving on, these are great, you know, great occasions for him to go and show the world. Listen, I'm still a really good footballer. I can still play at this level. And by the way, I'm actually better than this level. You can, you know, team in the English Premier League come sign me. So I think there's a win-win opportunity here for Morelis if he wants to show himself on this level. I think the the issue I always have in these games is, and he used to do this a lot with. Um, uh, with Julian, we get in a fight with him, and it would just be this battle all game. Like I think when he when he concentrates on his own game, he can able to focus on being a footballer. I think he, that's when he plays at his freest. But when he's got this sort of, I need to go and fight this centre back as he as he done with Carter Vickers sometimes. 
I'm just not so sure we see the best of him. So hopefully he can he can keep himself focused on the game and we can get a good performance out of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hope so. Um, we'll touch on another couple of comments coming. Uh, Curry Muncher, <laughs> a few comments from from Curry Muncher this afternoon. He says, "Derek, can you apologise to Ali? Mrs. has just informed me that she gave back <laughs> <what> he <laughs> That's where I got it. That's where I picked it up. There you go. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Cycled, appreciate you. Go. Save the planet and all that. So, uh, yeah, fantastic to see Ali. Uh, wearing that, uh, wearing your shirt, buddy. Uh, and he says, right, let's get straight to the, let's get this sorted out quick, Derek. Who takes the penalties after extra time? If it goes to pens, Ali, uh, it depends, of course, who's who's on the park. Uh, James Tavenier have scored, uh, of course, netted a, a penalty against Livingston. Um, he's obviously going to. Uh, I'm 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 one of these guys where you put your your, your top penalty takers uh, first, uh, and then uh, worry about uh, if the penalty shootout reaches. Uh, uh, reaches the sudden death stage, but um, for you penalty takers, Tab is up there. I don't know if I'd want to see Morelos taking one after he missed one in the, in the 2019 final, right enough. But but Tab certainly up there. Borna, I think can hit one. And uh, just trying to think who else. Akala hits hits him for his national team. I'm sure Raskin can uh, hit a penalty as well. Any others? I think one player we can all agree will not be at the penalty because it's probably Barisic, given his uh, <laughs> <laughs> given his record of uh, just feeling that little hamstring pull just before <laughs> around 119 minutes from that from that area. Um, yeah. No, I, I think there's yeah there, there's there's plenty of footballers. Uh, sorry, there's plenty of players in the team. I think that are are, are going to be good enough at spot kicks. The, the one thing I do like though about this group is. Um, they seem really confident boys, right? And yeah. and it's and you know even with a sort of heartache of the Europa League, none of those boys stood up there and sort of you know looked shaken by it. Obviously, you know Ramsey missed one, but he certainly didn't look like it phased him. So mm-hmm. I think that's that's a positive that we've got a lot of players that I think wouldn't mind or or would feel encouraged by it. Um, I just hope it doesn't get that far, mate. I'll be honest. Yeah, I don't think my my heart could handle <laughs> getting that far yeah. at the game. Yeah, just a comfortable win, hopefully, Rangers. Yes. Uh, the trying Scotsman with a, a cheeky comment here. I see a yellow card. He says, Ali has a lovely blue room. Derek has a granny room. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking that. That's the wife that, that decorates the house. So, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, that, I'll, I'll direct oh, that uh, comment onto her. Uh, and Steely FM says, hoping to have that pitch fixed for the weekend. Um, by all accounts, it is looking in better condition than what it did for the semi-finals. It was a bit of a, a, a cow field uh, for those uh, back-to-back uh, semi-finals. Um, is that a concern for you, Ali? I know they had the, the, the lights on, on the pitch when they done the, the, the press conference earlier on in the week for a national stadium, for a, a national cup final. You want a, a, a great surface for a game that's uh, broadcast worldwide. Are you slightly concerned about that? I, I am, to be honest with you, and, and the reason I'm concerned about it more isn't necessarily just the um, the quality of football that's played, because again, Rangers are a good enough team, as are Celtic, to play on any surface, right? It's more, to be honest with you, that the sort of the running, the heavy legs, the toll physically that it takes, played on those heavy fields, and we saw that the last time, but by the end of the match, it looked like the players were running in cement. Um, yeah. You know, it was so chopped up and so really sort of boggy in places, not, you know, old school Sunday park puddles everywhere, but not far off, right? I mean, if there's a bad rain, I'll be honest, I'm surprised it's not just relayed it. And I know that obviously takes a lot of money and I'm sure that would involve planning and foresight and actual sort of 
<laughs> fiscal management, which is we know is not their strong suit. So maybe I'm being a little bit too presumptuous. But having saw it last time, I'm not so sure you can recover that field without it being again being you know ripped up and start again, basically. So I think it is what it is, right? It's, it's no longer have we got a situation where there's you know an Aberdeen can pack it in and defend. We're going to see two teams go after each other here. Um, so hopefully it's not part of the discussion this time. I just want to see yeah. a good game of football, really. Yeah, me too. And I hope that we're not talking about officials either uh, at the end mm. uh, of the game. Although uh, I do feel that that may not be uh, the case. Um, but listen, it's going to be a huge game on Sunday. Uh, before I get your prediction for said game, Ali, uh, also just the tail end of last weekend, uh, the Rangers Hall of Fame inductees were announced. It's back after... Uh, a nine-year uh, wait, and we've seen uh, three current squad members uh, inducted into the, the, the Hall of Fame uh, above the, the famous marble staircase, uh, Stephen Davis, Alan McGregor, and James Tavernier. Uh, what's your feeling towards all three? Do you think they're, they're all deserved, or uh, what's your take on it all? Definitely deserved, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll be honest, I th- I'm glad that it's now a thing again, right? It's yeah. a, a sort of return to, I guess, sort of being normal. Well, I've obviously went through a bit of a dry spell <laughs> with Not potential half. players that could, that could be inducted. You know, we'll, we'll be getting bloody Paolo Veroli up next, up to uh, up in a crisis if we're going that far back. But no, I, I think it's 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 good to recognise these boys, you know, even like a Tavernier, who's clearly not at the end of his career. Um, but just, again, a recognition and, you know... I guess just a return to normalcy, return to normalcy rather, getting back to what we used to do, how we used to treat our, our, our former players. You know, Celtic used to get a lot of stick years ago for how poorly, um, you know, they managed former players, the relationships they had with the club, used to bringing them in for dinners and whatnot. I think Rangers have always had a really good history of it. Obviously not so sure in the last 10 years with obviously the change in ownership and whatnot, but hopefully it's a return back to... Um, former players feeling like they're valued by the club. And I guess it also gives us as fans a, a, an opportunity to, um, you know, show appreciation to these guys, even if it's a small gathering like this. You know, it's I'm sure it's, it's uh, you know, an event that boys will, will remember for the rest of their life, not necessarily just this part of their career, because, you know, we're talking about Al McGregor sometimes as if he's a pensioner. I mean, the guy's, yeah. you know... He could work for another 40 years if he wants to, you know what I mean? And I'm sure a lot of these guys have earned a lot of money, but the day that their football career ends, you don't just sit in the house and turn on Sky Sports, right? You're, you're, you've got other things going on. Maybe these guys have got other businesses. So this is a, a huge part of their life. And it's, um, like I say, it's, it's good that the club recognises it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And actually, just prior to uh, this video, I was fortunate enough to have a, a quick chat with, with Sasa Papach as well. He talked about Davis and McGregor, of course, played with both. Uh, and he said they want to say congratulations to both of them for their Hall of Fame awards. They both deserve it. They gave so much for the club, so many trophies uh, and so many uh, great games. Uh, they both had uh, great careers. Um, so, yeah, certainly echo that. And also uh, Tavernier as well. I think uh, he is deserving uh, of his place in the Hall of Fame. Right, Ali, before we go, then prediction time on Sunday. Uh, are Rangers going to do the business? I, I do think so, yes. I think it'll be close. Uh, I'm going to go for a 2-1 win in regular time because, like I said earlier, I can't co- I can't cope with extra time <laughs> penalties. <laughs> but, yeah, 2-1 win, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'd happily take that. Sharpie 55 is going 2-0 Rangers win Cantwell and a Tav P. 
penalty. Um, Robert Rankin says uh, 3-1 to the Bears. As long as uh, Michael Beal, Connor Golson, James Tavnir et al. are lifting that silver trophy aloft uh, come full time, uh, who cares who scores a goal? Um, it, uh, nobody, nobody will give a jot, but just to get that trophy back in the Ibrox Trophy Room after a long wait as well. I mean, it's crazy to think 12 years. That's incredible, Ali, isn't it? I mean, right. when Jelovic scored that winning goal in the, the 2011 final, nobody could have envisaged what the next uh, 11 or so years would, would have would have entailed for Rangers, not just not winning the League Cup, but what was what was ahead of us. Absolutely. And, you know, you think back to that period where a lot of consistency in that team, not a lot of new signings. <laughs> so it's a little bit of an overlap in, in today's group. Yeah. But, you know, I remember going into that game or watching that game thinking, you know, at the time, obviously, Celtic were a good side. You know, we, we were, you know, fighting neck and neck. I think we played each other about 100 times that season, if memory serves me. Um, yeah. One of the years up in that way. We played them in a the cup, crazy, it seemed like every week. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think it's it's a it's a great cup final. League Cup final's always been obviously one as a club that they've enjoyed. Certainly us growing up in the nineties, watching you know Rangers winning League Cups was was a big part of it. So hopefully it's a return to form in that regard. Because again, I think these competitions we can't have we can't ever take for granted anymore. I, I remember periods under um under advocate where it was like, yeah, just stick at the teenagers, you know, put the reserves out, whatever. Like it doesn't matter. Now it matters again. And I think that's a good place to be in as a, a team and as a support. Yeah, I like the optimism from Steely FM. He's going 5-1 Rangers, Morelos hat-trick and two tab <laughs> penalties. Can you imagine the meltdown if uh, Rangers get, get two penalties? But uh, yeah, I love, you. love your optimism, buddy. Um, okay, that'll do us there. Big thanks to Ali for joining us. Thank you, Ali. Um, you, and uh, yeah, thanks to everyone for, for tuning into this uh, bonus afternoon Rangers review uh, special. We'll be back uh, tomorrow morning. Myself, uh, Johnny and Chris Jack will be joining us uh, as we look ahead to that uh, big one uh, on Sunday. We'll discuss, uh, of course, uh, the press conferences and uh, all the latest Rangers news ahead of the game at the weekend. Uh, but until then, enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Bye for now.